Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hello, it's Renee here and happy, happy Wednesday. I'm so excited that you join me again. Thank you for coming. It is such an honor every time you turn on this podcast. We are up to, guess what, episode 20. I'm so excited about that. I'm actually so pumped that we have been able to do this week after week after week without skipping a beat. And I'm so excited that you guys always come in and listen. I'm really honored. And um, I know you enjoyed last week. So, of course, whenever we talk about guys and girls, it's always a huge hit. So if you haven't listened, make sure you go back. Cameron and I talk about the one thing that we really feel girls, particularly in leadership, should look for in a guy. And I promised you that we would hit it up from the other angle, which I will do next week, which is what is it that guys want in a girl? Ooh, look out for my social media. I think I'll be getting a bit of help from the guys on this one. But today I wanted to hit up a topic that is very rarely, if ever, talked about and yet is so often complained about. And I want to help us with a very unusual topic, but a very important topic, and that is our voice. As a girl, what do we sound like whenever we do any kind of public speaking? And public speaking is, by the way, an act of leadership. And I want to help us to do it better. And I'll explain why I've got so much to get through. And I know you're going to love it. And I also want to give you a whole heap of uh, really practical tips on how we can um, help to cultivate a speaking voice that honestly will make the guys want to listen. So, um, You know, when it comes to public speaking, the reason it's so powerful is because it brings something extra that just reading things in person or sending an email can't do. Public speaking is, you know, it's offering that human touch that turns information into inspiration. But one of my greatest concerns is the perception of women's voices, um, which often people complain about that can keep them out of leadership roles. And you know what my heart is here. My heart is to have as many girls as possible who are so fantastic at speaking in all sorts of fields. And I don't want you to be robbed of any opportunity because some guy behind the scenes is like, oh, I don't like her voice, which honestly, I'm telling you is often, um, it's often said. So that's what the point of today is. Um, You know, one of my most constant comments, I'll say comments slash compliments because I don't know whether to take them as a compliment (laughs) sometimes, but the biggest thing I hear from guys when I preach are always around my voice, majority of the time. And this is what I hear, things like, oh, I normally don't really like women preachers, but I could listen to you all day. Again, I'm like, ah. I don't know if that's a compliment. Like, should I be complimented? I don't normally like women preachers, but I could listen to you. Okay. Uh, I hear this one a lot. You are so easy to listen to. You're my favorite female preacher. They always put the word female in there, which is funny because again, I really take it as a compliment, but I never go to a guy. You are my favorite male preacher. 
Like I don't really segregate the two. I just say, hey, you're one of my favorite preachers. I don't say male preachers. So again, you can see just from the way they word their compliments that there is a bit of an issue, that it's not maybe seen as natural to hear a girl in the public arena as a guy. Um, Or this is a classic that I hear. Oh, you shouldn't just speak to women. You should speak to men too. You're so good to listen to. And in my head, I'm doing face palms, even though I know it's meant to be a compliment. But I'm like, duh. Can you imagine if we said that the other way? Like, oh, imagine if we said to a guy, you are such a good preacher. Oh my gosh, you shouldn't just preach to guys. You should preach to girls too. They'd look at us like, what planet did we come from? Because it's just assumed that guys can preach to male and females, but it's not assumed that girls can preach to both women and men. Now, I'm used to preaching to both and I have a lot of different guys will say to me, you're my favorite female preacher. So I love preaching to both, but I've grown up in in an environment where it's normal. Like women don't just preach to women, just like guys don't just preach to guys. You can, but we're also capable of speaking to both. But why do they make it sound in their compliment like it's unusual for a woman to be able to speak to both? That's really interesting. So I've done a lot of thinking about this and a lot of research on this, and I want to share with you today why, because we need to understand it so that we can change it and we need to understand it so we can appreciate it, even though we might not like it, so we can embrace it and learn to be someone who everyone loves listening to. That's my aim. The other compliment I get is this one, which kind of makes me laugh. Your voice is so soothing. Now, what does that mean? My voice is soothing. Anyway, so after a while, I began to realize that people can't hear what we deliver if they can't get past how we deliver it. And I know there's so many of you out there with so many amazing things to offer and to say, but people won't hear your message if they can't get past the way that you're delivering it. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, There are so many amazing girls I know, not just, by the way, in preaching as in a youth pastor or youth leaders who preach. You might be a school captain who delivers weekly speeches at your school. Um, You might be in a work position where you have to address the rest of the staff regularly. Um, That happened to me a lot at work when I was teaching. We would all have to take in turns delivering professional development to the other staff members. You might be a university student having to give a presentation in a tutorial. Um, Or you might one day be asked to speak at a funeral or a wedding. And I know that freaks a lot of people out. Um, You know, I've had to do both of those recently. Um, a couple of funerals and a wedding. And it's funny because I get the same comment, your voice is so soothing, which um, I'm gathering is good for a funeral, but I I don't know (laughs) about a wedding. Do you want a soothing voice at a wedding? I might put everyone to sleep. Um, So anyway, it's made me think a lot about how important our voice is in whether or not people accept our message. And since this is a podcast for girls in leadership, um, and this topic is something I've never heard addressed before, not not to kind of, you know, girls like us who talk publicly quite a bit, I wanted to address it today. And my heart is to help us be aware of what we sound like so that we can improve, so people can listen to the message that's on our heart. 
And I want to help as many girls as I can to be amazing public speakers. So when I was growing up at my church in Adelaide, I used to learn a lot from watching. So I tended to look at who I enjoyed listening to. And I I, can't, I think I almost subconsciously did it. I took mental notes of what it was that they did. So you've all met our youth pastor, Shani. She did a fantastic podcast a couple of episodes back. Um, she also works with us at Youth Alive and her role is very vast. She does a lot of different things, but one of them, she does quite a bit of public speaking and she's so good at it. She's a fantastic public speaker, whether that be preaching or emceeing or hosting, you know, with all the different stuff she does at, at youth. Um, and the other day someone said to me, oh, you can tell that you've trained her, Renee. And firstly, that's a huge compliment because I think Shani's, you know, I'm like, man, she's a great preacher. But the truth is I haven't actually trained her on purpose. She's just been watching me for a long time. And that's what I used to do. I just used to watch someone that I knew was doing it well. And then I just took mental notes. And um, and that's, I think, what Shani's done. She's just picked it up from from watching. So anyway, we'll do a whole other podcast on our content because that's obviously super important, but people will not listen to our content if we can't get our voices right. So I'm going to include here today a whole heap of really interesting research as well as all the things I've learned and observed and thought about and um, even some stories. So I know you'll enjoy um, so first, let's look at something called our linguistic style, right? So linguistic language. Um, what is our linguistic style? We need to understand this because it's our linguistic style that people subconsciously actually judge us by our linguistic style. Like they will decide through how we sound whether or not they want to connect with us, engage with us, whether what we're saying makes them curious. You know, are we um, are we arresting uh, empathy in them? Um, are we convicting them? Do they want to take action after we've spoken? Our linguistic style helps them decide whether they're going to engage in all those different levels. So basically, it's the way we say things. And that includes our tone of voice and the speed and the pace in which we speak and our degree of loudness. Um, it's our characteristic speaking pattern. Everyone has got their own characteristic speaking pattern. It can also include things like, you know, when we pause like that, <laughs> our word choice, um, you know, vocabulary, but we're going to stick to more the way that we're saying things. So our tone and our speed and our degree of loudness. Okay. Now there's three reasons why it's important to be aware of our linguistic style. So if you're taking notes down, here's the three things. Otherwise just take a mental note. The first one is, like I said, it affects the way people judge our competence. Oh, ouch. Let me say that again. It affects the way people judge our competence. Oh, did you hear that? We better get this right. So for example, if we sound babyish and girly, our audience could potentially judge us as immature. And this will then turn them off of listening to what we have to say. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying? So depending on how we speak, they judge whether or not we are competent 
to be talking to them about a topic. So that's the first reason. The second reason is how we speak creates or even minimizes, depending which way it goes, a level of rapport with our listeners. Okay, so when they hear us speak, they either... Oh, look, did you hear that? That's my Siri. <laughs> she said, I didn't get that. Could you try again? My voice is on, my, my phone's on silent, but it picked, picked up my voice. Um, so it creates a level of rapport. So, so do I like this person? Do I, am I going to listen to what, to what she says? Do I have any, any warmth towards her? So for example, I know that I use my voice in a way that makes people trust me very quickly and warm to me. And I'm going to explain soon how to do that. And the third reason that we need to understand our linguistic style is because the way that we speak is one of the most fundamental parts of our identity. And it will very quickly tell other people a lot about us. So subconsciously, they're making judgments like this. Is that person educated? Where might they have grown up? I wonder, you know, how how they were raised. And of course, there's a lot of other things that they might be kind of judging, but they very quickly learn to pick up your, you know, who you are or an identity. Like, for example, give you an example. Shani's married to Sai and Sai's got an English accent, which I love. Oh my gosh, I love English accents. When I hear Sai speak, well, when I heard him speak for the first time, I immediately could identify straight away, oh, he's from England. I wonder what he's doing here in Australia. Oh, I wonder. He was here for a girl. <laughs> yeah, we know Sai. Uh, but, you know, you hear someone, you hear them from another country, immediately you've got a bit of a story, a background story to them. That's what people do when they hear you speak. They, they, they put a bit of a quick background story, or oh, they're educated or they're not educated or, um, you know. And, of course, there are other things that add to that, like how we're dressed, go back to my six wardrobe hacks for um, dressing on the stage. But anyway, they're the three reasons we need to be aware of our linguistic style because it impacts the way they judge our competence, um, the level of rapport they decide to have with you, the speaker, and they're very quickly forming an identity of who you are. Right? Got it? Got it? Good job. Um, so up until the age of 13, right, I'd never heard a woman preacher because like you know, I came from a uniting church and women didn't preach. They played the organ or they baked the biscuits and the cakes for us for after church service. And I I didn't think anything about that. I was young and I loved it. I loved every one of them. Uh, but I, there were some women I was very inspired by, but they were always authors and probably because they're the only ones I had as an example to look up to. Um, you know, that were doing something different other than the, the other women I, I could see around me. So um, anyway, then we moved to my church in Adelaide and women preaching there, including women guests, was totally the norm. Like it just happened on a regular basis. And looking back, I was super blessed because every woman that got up on the stage of my church was really, really good at public speaking. I don't ever remember someone getting up and me thinking, Oh, cringe. So it just was normal to me. It wasn't until a few years later, maybe when I was like 18 or so, that a bunch of us girls 
there was a bunch of girl leaders. We were in Adelaide still, and we decided we'd go to another church to hear this guest speaker from interstate. And we were all super excited and we loved the church that we were going to. And it was like a bit of a state women's thing, maybe. Anyway, the night goes on and this female speaker pretty much giggled and fluffed their way through the whole sermon, which I can't even really say was a sermon because I don't think there were any points or anything, like there was no structure or anything. I can't for the life of me remember what what she said because I'm pretty sure the content wasn't riveting, but I couldn't get past her voice. And on the way home, and honestly, we weren't being mean or anything, but we were like, thank the Lord that we've got great women preachers in our church. And it just made us so super appreciative of the girls that we did have in our church who up until then, I probably had taken it for granted. But after that, we were like, whoa, we've got really good girls with who are really easy to listen to, who've got great content. And that was just normal to me. Fast forward a few years, I started preaching around the place. And more and more, I realized that good women speakers were fewer and far between than what I realized. And again, I'd been super blessed to grow up with really good ones. Now, a particular story sticks in my memory. We had a female preacher speaking at an event that I was at. And I knew the senior pastor from that church really well. And I loved this female preacher. I'd heard of her before. Um, We'd had her, I think we'd even had her, you know, do a couple of events for us in the past. She was fiery. She had great authority, great content. I loved her. And on the way home, this senior pastor who was a male rang us and said, oh, well, we'll never have her again. We couldn't stand her voice. And I must say, I was so, I was so surprised. I have never forgotten that. And I've never forgotten it because number one, I really liked her. And I thought she was really good. And yeah, her voice maybe had a bit of a high kind of pitch or a bit of a squeaky quality to it. But seriously, like she was so good and authoritative and, and such great content and so fiery. And her voice really was like not that bad. In fact, it was fine to me. So number one, I was surprised. But number two, I it just slapped me in the face again. Oh my gosh, we do have it harder than guys. And I'm not saying that out of thinking that we're victims, but I was like, whoa, I have never, ever, ever heard a pastor or anyone say, we're not going to have that guy back because we didn't like his voice. But I'm telling you, there are girls that are not invited back because people don't like listening to their voice. And at first I thought it was really mean and really shallow, but I'm, um, I've done some research on it that makes me feel a little bit better about it, that they're not just being mean. So I want to try and answer a couple of really difficult questions that I think no one asks, let alone tries to answer. So, okay, let, let's go. Like, good luck me. Um, but I've asked these questions myself. One question is this. Why don't people complain about guys' voices when they speak pu- publicly? So I've, I've thought that. I thought, why why don't people speak, complain about guys' voices? I don't think I've anyone heard anyone say they couldn't stand a guy's voice. Um, you know, he might be boring, but I've never heard complaints about his voice. And there is a good reason for this. Historically, men have been talking in the public arena a lot longer than women. 
um, in fact, for centuries. And so we're definitely much more used to hearing men's voices, right? But that is not the reason that there are minimal complaints about guys' voices, but more on that in a moment. The second question that I ask myself, and I've heard other people, well, no, no one does to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Um, With more and more women speaking publicly, you know, is it just a matter of, or surely it's just a matter of time before hearing girls' voices become more acceptable, right? Surely. Surely if we're just used to hearing men's voices, that the more that we have women speaking, we'll just get used to it, right? Wrong. (laughs) Uh -uh. More women than ever are in the public speaking roles and there are still complaints about our voices. So it's not like we are getting used to it. Just Google any women from Kim Kardashian to Maggie Thatcher to Hillary Clinton. There are endless awful complaints about their voices. Okay, so let's get really to the nitty gritty here. What is it that turns people off about girls' voices? Okay, so here's here's a few of the complaints. You can Google this yourself. This is what people say. And I'm not saying I do or don't like these people, by the way. They're just good examples. Hillary Clinton's voice is apparently too nagging and is commonly she's commonly known as shrillery instead of Hillary, shrillery for her annoying shrill tone. And she shouts and goes up an octave with every word. <laughs> Someone wrote into Channel 9, I don't know, a couple years ago and said, oh, it wasn't that long ago, said that Lisa Wilkerson and Georgie Gardner, who were the two female hosts for a while, were terrible together and sound like a chorus of cats. (laughs) That's so mean. Senator Penny Wong was told that she sounded hysterical. She's a politician, obviously, Senator. And one more, former New York Times editor Jill Abramson was told she sounded the equivalent of a nasal car honk. (laughs) That is so mean. Okay, so what about what the guys say? I've actually asked quite a few guys over the years and I asked a few again recently. I'm like, okay, guys, tell me what is it that, you know, annoys you? And I promise I won't name you. So I'm not naming these people. But I, I asked them, what is it that they struggle with when it comes to women's voices? And this is what they told me. They said they giggle and sound so girly or use feminine words that don't make sense to them. That was one comment. Um, Oh, one of the most common ones that the guys hated was when we shout. It's like we equate shouting with anointing. I must say that annoys me too. Like someone thinks that if I shout more, I'm more anointed. It's not true, girls. Please don't do it. Uh, Another one, uh, this is what all of them said. They can't stand how high-pitched a lot of girls' voices are. And then the most disliked trait is a combo of the last two, which is we screech or shriek, which means that we shout with a high-pitched voice. So you combine those last two, we screech or we shriek, and they can't stand it. And you know what? I must say, oh, I don't know if you're going to love me, girls, but I agree with them. Like, I find a lot of women really hard to listen to, and I'm a the, the biggest champion that you could find of girls in the public speaking space. But I've experienced all of that. I've experienced girls who just giggle their way through and laugh their way through a whole sermon. I'm like, seriously, like when you talk to me person to person, you don't do that. So that's weird. You know, I've experienced girls that shout their way through and it's like, oh my God, oh my gosh, 
but I can't stand listening. There was one preacher I used to listen to and she just talked at a tone like this the whole way through the sermon for 40 whole minutes. I think I switched off after five minutes. So it is true. We need to be really careful with how we speak. And so I want to really help us out um, because every time someone does it badly, it gives us all a bad rap. So what's going on? What's going on? What can we do about it? Are we being, are these people being anti-women? Are they being judgmental? Are they trying to keep women off the stage? And the answer is no, 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 no. And no, there are good reasons for why people struggle to listen to us. And when we understand the reasons, we're armed with some really good knowledge and therefore strategies to help us change. So I'm going to go through a quick bit of research and then I'm going to give us the tips. Are you ready? But girls, there is good news. I promise you. A study done in the Journal of Neuroimaging says that researchers found there's a major difference in the way males and females process or brains, sorry, process voice sounds. So different brain regions are activated in men depending on whether they're hearing a male or female voice. So apparently the vibration and number of sound waves in our voice makes it harder for men to decipher what we're saying. So when like you're raising boys and they look at you or they ignore you, like literally harder for them to hear. When it comes to processing a woman's voice, apparently they use the more complex auditory part of the brain that processes music, not human voices. How interesting is that? Honestly, this is good news, girls. They're not being mean or critical or judgmental on purpose. They literally find it more difficult to hear us. There's not much we can do about that, or is there? However, there's more. And the following research lends us some clues as to what we can do. So, look, you might not like this. You might think this is all so unfair and, um, you know, we don't have to agree with it. But if we don't recognize it, then it's going to infect, uh, affect, not infect, our impact. So anyway, a study published in 2013 measured the vocal pitch of 792 male CEOs and found that those with lower voices were more likely to run larger firms. So this goes a long way to explaining why women whose voices are on average almost twice as high as men face a particular challenge when speaking in male-dominated fields such as business and politics. Um, So a study conducted in 2012 by the professors at Duke University and the University of Miami demonstrated that both men and women prefer women with lower voices for leadership roles. Isn't that interesting? So both men and women prefer women with lower voices for leadership roles, even if the fields are traditionally thought of as feminine, such as education. So men and even women find, therefore, that lower voices are easy to listen to. So that explains why one of the things people struggle with the most when it comes to our voices is this, what men would describe as this high-pitched shrieking. Um, So also low-frequency, continuous sounds are far more comforting to distressed individuals than intermittent sounds. So for example, you're talking like the acoustic techniques that mothers tend to naturally use when, you know, when they're soothing their newborn baby. So it's those lower frequency continuous sounds, which explain to me, oh my gosh, that's probably why people 
find my voice soothing. So it's that low, you know, hey there, sweetie, it's okay, mummy's here. That kind of soothing tone is easier to listen to. So the what is the takeaway? You know, what does this mean for us girls? Um, we need to think of our voice as an instrument that we have to learn to play, okay? Just like we practice getting really good at our content or, you know, just like you practice anything in life, we need to practice having a particular voice tone and voice pitch that when we're public speaking makes it easier for men and women to listen to us. So if we have something important to say, we are getting, you know, we get really good at learning how to say it. And you know what, girls, we can learn. Do you know that women's voices have changed from the 1940s to now? So isn't that interesting? By listening to recordings of women in the 1940s compared to recordings of women in the 1990s, researchers found that the average frequency had dropped by what they would say is 23 hertz, which for those musical people is roughly the difference between the G sharp and um, a middle C. I think that's right. Below middle C. Um Margaret Thatcher is an example of someone who trained with a vocal coach to help rid her voice of its shrill tone because she knew that if she was going to be an impactful, um, influential prime minister of the UK, and she's gone down as one of the greatest, another person for us to study and look at, she knew that she would have to work on her voice in order for people to hear her message. And that's what I want us to have as the biggest takeaway today. So I'm going to quickly run through a couple of things because I know all our time's nearly up, but hey, if we go over a bit today, I think that's fine because I know that, you know, this is really helpful for you girls. So a couple of things that I want to um, let you know to help you. The first one is this, be aware of your voice tone. Okay. That's your first takeaway. So, you know, listen back to yourself. And I know most of us find it hard to hear ourselves back, but listen to yourself back specifically to listen out for your voice tone. Is your voice too kind of high pitched? Consciously avoid the higher pitch tone that aggravates people. And you actually can control this. And I know you can go to a voice coach or you can look up exercises on how to do this. Um, but for example, when I was first teaching, I used to get really upset when the kids got really loud and out of control. I remember I was teaching year three. And they would sometimes get so loud. And I remember I would just talk over them and I'd shout over them. But I learned really quickly that raising my voice and raising my tone and raising my pitch did nothing to calm them down. They didn't listen. Instead, I tried a different approach and it worked every time like magic. I spoke calmly and quietly, literally like this. And I would say, hey, guys, I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm waiting for you to listen to me. And that lower quieter uh, pitch literally was like magic. It would make them stop one by one. One or two would hear it and then they'd start poking the others. Mrs. Bennett's trying to talk. So be aware of your voice tone and bring it down. Number two, inject some variety into your voice. That is so important. Okay. Our tone should have shade and light day and night and texture. You know, sometimes we get passionate. So save the louder talking for those moments, um, there's nothing worse than listening to someone who stays monotone the whole way. People switch off. 
Remember I said before there was someone I heard preaching and they literally spoke at this the whole way through and no matter what they said, this was their tone. And oh, I mean, you would have found that hard to listen to just then. Um, so ch- change your vocal pattern by using pauses like that. I think I did that before. Using a change of pace, using a change of volume. So, you know, talk loud when you really want to get a point across. Like feel free to raise your voice and be loud and passionate about it like I'm doing right now. But it's equally as powerful to bring your voice right down, almost to a whisper. It will draw people in. I'm obviously giving you an example by making my voice quiet and it will make them lean in to what you are saying. It's a lot more palatable to listen to a voice that changes. Um, When you're giving information, slow down. I do that on here all the time. I slow down and I repeat um, often when I'm giving information um, and speed up when it's natural to do so. All right. So two so far, be aware of your voice tone. Secondly, inject variety into your voice. Thirdly, and I'm going to do it right now, and I'm sure you can hear the difference. Smile when you speak. It gives your voice a smile, like I'm smiling right now. I don't know if you can tell the difference, um, but it does change the tone of your voice. Smiling is one of the most powerful things you can do. And I do this on purpose a lot. I'll actually pick people out in the crowd when I'm speaking and I look right at them while I'm talking and I smile. I remember years ago when I was at university, when I was doing teaching, And we often had to give presentations in our tutorials. And I remember one day, one of the tutorial teachers said to me, you public speak so well, you never look nervous. And I said, really? Because seriously, I was like 17 in my first year at uni. I was so nervous when I did a presentation. I said, really? And they said, no, you smile all the time. You look so confident. And it was back then that I clicked really quickly that if I smile, It doesn't matter how nervous I am. It's really disarming and really engaging and really warm if you smile. Um, You sound warm. You look warm. It's just a really good thing to do when you public speak. Okay, fourth one. Fourthly, don't make everything a question. Some people do this, right? See, just then. Or like don't end every sentence with an upward lift like this. Some people do that and it's really annoying. Or, you know, they say things like, um, oh, I'm just trying to think of an example of, of the cuff, but, you know, how are you girls? Amen. You know that and everything ends with this upward inflection or everything becomes a question. Try and avoid that. Fifthly, consider how you can add a soothing tone to your voice. Um, now, like I said, girls, these are just suggestions of things that, that can help you. But I learned this one, like I said, as a teacher. And I think this is why the comment I get the most about my voice is it's soothing. I realized really quickly that a soothing voice is what a class of students respond to. A low, quiet, calm, soothing voice is amazing for making kids just quieten and calm and people love listening to a voice like that. So I think I must have accidentally adopted that in my way of talking naturally because I've done it for like 20 years in a classroom. So, you know, when the kids come in, I naturally change the way I speak when kids come in. And I've taught a lot of younger kids. So they'll come in and I'll be like, oh my gosh, how are you? I'm so excited to see you. And they 
I think I've just realized from their response how engaging that soothing tone is. Go and listen to someone who you find soothing and take notes about what it is about their voice that makes it sound that way. Um, One way to sound soothing is to not talk too fast. If you kind of slow down your talk a little bit, that is a very, and again, it's not when people speak high pitched, that is never soothing. You don't go to a baby who's crying and go, oh, hey, well, you know what? You don't talk in this high pitch. Hi, sweetie pie. What do you want? You don't do that. You automatically bring your voice down and go, hey, sweetie, mommy's here. And it's that low soothing tone and you tend to talk a bit slower. All right. Another thing we can do. And my last my last point is this. A quick word on emotion, showing emotion when we speak. Now, hear me out. There is nothing wrong with laughing or crying, right? Like, in fact, showing emotion, I think, is a complete strength of us girls. But think of it like this. How would you feel if every time, how would your friend feel if every time you spoke to her, you giggled your way through a conversation? Like, that would not be normal. This is probably one of the reasons I don't always love women's meetings. Sometimes I think I've sat in so many where, you know, the girls kind of get up and everything's like, hey, girls, hey, oh, I'm so happy to be. And it's also, to me, that's just not real. I'm like, I don't, I don't talk like that to you when you're off the stage. So it's not real to me to go giggling and laughing your whole way. I don't do that in my normal conversations. So, um, you know, or imagine if every time you spoke to your friend, you cried, your friend would think there's something wrong with you. That's how people see the public speaking space. Show emotion, go for it, but not every single time. So laugh when something's truly funny. Cry when something truly moves you. But if you do either of these all the time, it will annoy people. But let your emotion out as you speak to match what you're saying. So for example, if you're talking about something you feel really passionate about, then speak passionately, sound passionate. Maybe you're talking about something that makes you a little angry. We'll reflect that in your talk. Maybe there's something that baffles you. We'll talk like, uh uh-uh, this baffled me. Talk with a baffled kind of tone. Um, So reflect your emotion in your talking. So don't tell them what you're feeling. Show them. Um, So for example, okay, I'll I'll try and do an annoyed tone with this sentence. (laughs) Let's see if I can pull it off. It really annoys me when guys challenge my leadership just because I'm a girl. Could you hear my kind of annoyed tone? Because seriously, that does annoy me. So I say it with an an annoyed voice. Like literally, I was frowning. I was, my face was frowning and it came out in my voice. So mostly speak conversationally, but inject emotion when it's called for. So there you go. There's a few tips and tricks for you. Um, But let me just say by finishing off, most of all, be yourself. Most of all, do it your way. Say it your way. Reflect your personality. And, you know, look, take everything I've said into account and listen and learn from people that you like listening to. I know Sam Long told me this I think he said this at Academy Twilight a couple of weeks ago that he listened to Judah Smith podcasts, pardon me, over and over and over. And he wasn't listening 
for the content, he was listening for how he was saying it and also the structure of how he put his talk together. And he said that he used to take pages and pages and pages. He's got books and books of notes. I think that's a great idea. Listen to people whose voices you enjoy listening to and listen over and over, not for what they're saying, but how they're saying it. And just like with your wardrobe choice that I talked about in that other podcast, once you've found your style that works for you, don't overthink it. Say it like yourself and be yourself. So I'm going to breathe, breathe. Let's all breathe. That was a long one. I really hope that that's been helpful and a great encouragement to you because that was completely my heart. And I just look forward to seeing more and more amazing girls in the public speaking arena. So, hey, come on over to my Instagram and talk with me there. I get messages all the time and I always answer everyone back because I love it. And thank you for coming and stopping by and I will see you next week. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.